All right, please pray with me. Lord, uh, open our hearts and our minds, we ask you, uh, to uh, plant in us seeds of life, Lord, that you would uh, help us to fully understand, to more fully understand the purpose that we have here on this planet as individuals and as the church. Um, Lord, we pray that our ears would be attentive to what you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, we're getting settled a little bit. Um, Allison's been up at school most of the last two weeks, so settling is relative. Uh, but we do like living here. Um, I was telling someone this morning, I, I save about 75 minutes of week, a week not driving to work every day. So that's nice. It really adds up, doesn't it? Even when you don't live too far from where you're going. Um, but it's been good. So I want to say thank you again to everybody who's welcomed us, everybody who's provided a meal, um, helped out with childcare, which a lot of, had a lot of help with childcare the last couple of weeks, and just to everybody who's made it um, as smooth of a transition as it could be here at Distoria City. Uh, so we've talked a lot about Alpha. Alpha's going on, and if, um, if you haven't been around for some reason, Alpha is this program that looks at the uh, kind of the core tenets, the core principles of the Christian faith. And it's taught from a Christian perspective, but the big purpose of Alpha is to be a safe place to ask questions. No, none of us here have our entire faith all figured out, right? This is something that takes a lifetime to work out. And with Alpha, it's, it's good for Christians to be able to go through something like this, but it's also a safe environment for people who don't believe in Jesus as their Savior to go through as well. And I'm recapping that because Pastor Kurt and I talked, and we thought we're not all participating in Alpha. That's not possible. But one important thing we can do is we can all have some of the same conversations. Uh, so all of our sermons, as long as Alpha runs into November, are going to be uh, digging a little bit deeper onto the previous Wednesday's theme. So even if you aren't able to attend Alpha on Wednesday nights or Youth Alpha, we're still going to have some of those same conversations and ask some of those same questions here uh, and look at scriptures a little bit more and see what they have to say about these questions. So that's what, what we're doing. That's why we're doing it as a congregation. Uh, whether we've been a follower of Christ for what we feel is our whole life, or whether it's been a few months or a few moments, these are important questions to ask and wrestle with. And it's in the tension in our lives that we grow. If you ever do any strength training and lift weights, you, your muscles are not going to grow if you don't have resistance and tension and stress. So we wrestle with these hard questions in Alpha and as a congregation now, because in wrestling, in the journey, we grow. So for this first week, it's a simple question. Life, is this it? Or, or maybe the question sounds, what is the meaning of life? What is our purpose? What is my purpose? A lot of people all over the planet ask this question every day, right? A lot of people searching for something more ask this question. How many of you have asked it in some form, some way, shape, or form? Yeah, you can raise your hand. I think if we're honest, at some point in our lives, we've asked, is this it? Is this what I'm here for? Is this what I'm living for? Or is there more? Maybe it's been in the hard parts of your life, in a, in a time of trial, at the loss of a loved one, confronting life that now is going to look different. Maybe it's in the mundane parts of your life. Um, I, for one, am not wired to sit in a cubicle for 40 hours a week. Some people love that. Uh, to me, I would be asking over and over, is this it, if I was doing that? I like to be out and moving around and doing different things. Maybe it's in your career you've asked this. Maybe it's in your faith that you've asked this. But at some point, whether we have known Jesus for our whole lives or not, we've asked this question. Or maybe you've always had a sense that Jesus is that more, right? Because that's the gospel, that Jesus is the more to our lives. He is the answer to that question. But we still have a whole lot of discernment to figure out what our lives look like 
even when we have our faith in Jesus? I think this question is, is one that people ask when they're hungry for more, right? When you're not just okay being in the same place, when you're not okay with not growing, when you're not okay being stuck or even sliding backwards. It's a question from someone who wants more, more than money, more than temporary happiness, more than trivial things, more than the whateverness, that's a good word I made up, the whateverness of life. So maybe uh, a couple illustrations. So when I went to college, I went in as a business administration major. Uh, I've always had kind of an entrepreneurial flair and I like to start new things. But in this case, I went in as a business administration and within a few weeks I was asking, is, is this it? <laughs> is there more? It was this particular macroeconomics class that I had no passion for. And I promptly changed my major after that semester to religion with a camping ministry emphasis. And about a semester, semester and a half into that, I was looking around and how many of you think you can learn camping ministry really well in a college campus academic classroom? Yeah, I don't think so either. So I decided that wasn't really the more. So I dropped that and I added a communication arts minor uh, to my degree uh, until I was in a class called media, law, and ethics. Yeah, you can see where that's going. Even at that time in my life, I kind of had a bad taste about how we are manipulated by the information that is fed to us. And I said, it was, it was actually taught by a disbarred lawyer, really interesting story. Um, so, so I said, no, this, this isn't that it either. So I dropped that and I graduated in three years and got out of there. Because I, I, I wasn't going to find the answer to that question right there at Wartburg College. And I wouldn't have found it at Luther either. So, <laughs> in case you were asking, there's a few people here that would be. But the point of that story is that we have this discontent that helps us to grow and, and to seek out something more. Uh, if you watched the Iowa I was taking yesterday around halftime, you were thinking, is this it? <laughs> three to three, yeah, this isn't quite what we hoped it would be, right? So we have these times in our lives where we want to grow. And the point of my message today is to ask that question and, and to get a couple glimpses of how scriptures answer the what is more to life, the what is the meaning of life question. So first, for, we're going to recap the Galatians text a little bit, starting in Galatians chapter 5. And I'm going to jump around just a little, but I'm going to read through most of that. Paul writes, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So freedom is supposed to be a part of life, right? Freedom. What has Paul learned about freedom? He continues in verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Here Paul is talking about that conflict, that tension. If we have been living according to the flesh in some area of our lives, we want to know how the spirit calls us to live, so we can work through that tension and grow, right? Paul goes on in verse 22, But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying one another. So what can we learn from this text about the meaning of life? Uh, again, we can learn a lot from most biblical texts about the meaning of life. We're not trying to pack it all into one sermon here. But first off, in this passage, uh, he, he mentions freedom. It is for freedom that we have been set free. 
Paul was set free in a very profound way from what he thought life was all about into something that really was when he had his conversion on the road to Damascus and Jesus spoke to him. So this freedom that we're talking about is not the American freedom that we're talking about in our context, in our country, although that freedom allows us to express our faith in ways that many around the world have to worry about. But the freedom we're talking about is walking in the Spirit. And walking in the Spirit could be a year-long series, a lifelong series. Maybe we'll talk about that someday. Who knows? But walking in the Spirit means that we take every leading and every wisdom, every truth, every purpose, and every direction from our loving, triune God himself. And this is evidenced in Paul's life, the way he lives, the way we see his life unfold through the book of Acts and through his letters. This is also evidenced by spiritual fruit that we talk about in Galatians 5.22. If we are walking in freedom, if we are walking with the Spirit, by the Spirit, our life will produce fruit. Our church will produce fruit, spiritual fruit. So there's at least one thing that encapsulates the meaning of life. That is, is there more? Walking in the Spirit is one of those things. Experience the freedom that comes with being in a relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Because that is what we were made for. That is what we were made for. We cannot experience that freedom with something else. It's impossible. So what does Jesus then say about the meaning of life in our John 14 text? And again, Jesus says a lot about the meaning of life. We're looking at one little piece from John's Gospel. He says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. Continuing with verse 5, Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And he continues in verse 12, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. So what do we learn here about the meaning of life? Well, life is about belief, right? Uh, in, in philosophy class, one of the, the rudimentary examples at the beginning of the semester in college was the belief that the chair you're about to sit on is going to hold you. There's belief, but Jesus is saying here, believe in God, okay, you disciples, you grew up in the faith, you believe in God, believe also in me. So life is about belief, belief in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Life is also about Jesus, and being the Son of God, he's the only one who could make that claim that life was actually about him, right? Jesus proclaims himself as the way and the truth and the life. Jesus is not just the key to life, Jesus is life. Jesus says in John 8, uh, he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. He says again in John 16, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus is not just the means to some otherwise good life on this earth. Jesus is not an add-on to the American dream. Jesus is not just the way that we get to happiness. Jesus is life. Jesus is joy. Jesus is contentment. Jesus is happiness. He says so himself, and if we believe that he is the Son of God, 
we should not take that lightly, right? Jesus is life. So then what then is the meaning of life? If we were to ask Jesus that question this morning, and he were up here, what would he say? I think he'd say, I am. He'd say, I am. I am the meaning of life. And if we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died for our sins, that he has forged personal relationships with us by grace through faith, then we know what the meaning of life is. If it's all true, we no longer live as if Christ is simply an add-on to an otherwise decent life. C.S. Lewis put it like this, and if you are in Alpha or Youth Alpha, you heard this quote this week. C.S. Lewis said, Christianity is a statement which, if false, is of no importance. If true, of infinite importance. The one thing it cannot be is moderately important. Our faith in Jesus Christ if it's all true, if he really is the Son of God and died for our sins and rose from the dead, it can't just be kind of important to us. Our perception might be that it is, but that's not the reality. The reality is that it is infinitely important. Jesus is not supposed to be moderately important. The meaning of life is that he is completely and infinitely important in every moment, in every day. Christ becomes our everything our bread, our truth, our life, our hope, our light, our meaning to life. There is no other relationship, there is no other thing in all of creation that can fill that hole. Sometimes it's a hole you didn't even know you had. Jesus is our everything. And I feel like in our culture, uh, too many Christians, too many churches treat Jesus as moderately important the life that they seem to be living, and this is on all of us, none of us are perfect, but the life that we sometimes live is not a life that really shines the truth that Jesus is infinitely important to us. A lot of people out of churches who claim Christ with words but do not treat Christ as their everything. And when we do that, we miss the meaning. We miss the portion of the meaning of life. We settle for less than what God has for us. Jesus doesn't want us to just have a few drops of his grace. He wants us to be submerged in his grace. There's a, there's a newer song by a, a songwriter named John Mark McMillan, that, and the lyric says, If your grace is an ocean, we are all sinking. This imagery that if God's grace is this vast, wonderful thing, that our role as the body of Christ is to submerge ourselves in that grace, a lot like the imagery of baptism, right? That's what we were called to live for. So in all those ways that we treat Jesus as moderately important instead of infinitely important, we should ask ourselves, is this it? Any time that we ask that question, whether we know Jesus or not, the answer is going to be no. Is this it today? Is this all that you have? No. Tomorrow, is this it? Is this all that there is to life? No. Why? Because Jesus Christ wants you to grow every single day of your life, to become more like him. There's never going to be a point on this side of eternity that we have it all together and have it all figured out. So we should always hopefully be driving and seeking and passionately getting to know who Jesus is more and more and more. The meaning of life is a lot more about the process than it is where we're going to end up, the destination. It's about the journey. Our destination is secure in Christ. And that's eternal life in paradise with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But the journey, we need to keep asking ourselves, is this it? 
And time and time again, Jesus is going to say, no, I have more for you. I have more relationship. I have, I have more love. I have more grace. I want you to know true life. So my hope and dream is that Emmanuel can be a place that always asks that question and is always happy to lean in more and more and more into what God has for us. And in our own personal lives, we should be asking that question every day because not a day goes by where the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit do not want to be part of our lives to grow us, to challenge us. Let's live as if we believe that everything about Jesus is true. This is the meaning of life, and it's not just the meaning, it's our calling in life. To believe, to embrace Jesus Christ, to have our whole lives participating in Christ's redemptive work and mission and grace in our world today. So what is the meaning of life? Is Jesus is. And is this it? No, we have more to learn. We have more to grow, but we know where to look. We know where to lean into. We know where to work out these hard questions in community. And that's what I would encourage you to do today. Let's pray. So, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are our meaning. Our life, our truth, our hope, our bread, our light, and many other metaphors, Lord. Lord, we confess that we don't always live that way, that we have a lot to learn, we have a lot to grow in. But Lord, would you lead us and guide us by your Spirit? Would you put in us a passion to answer that question on a more deep, a more profound level for our lives. We don't want to be stuck. We don't want our faith to be mundane or tedious. Lord, we want to love you with our whole hearts, our whole soul, our whole minds, and we want to show that love to our neighbors, to all that we meet. So Lord, would you help us to do that, to live out that calling, and to seek you in every single way in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.